Hi, I'm Tom Hendrickson from MyITCareerCoach.com where we build great tech careers and welcome to Tech Career Talk. Today we're going to check out Are You Quick? Part 2 with Joshua Kiriewski from a recent conversation I had with him on the Agile Online Meetup. This book here that just came out, Testing Business Ideas by David Bland and Alex Osterwalder, um, there's about 44 different experiments you can try in terms of testing your business ideas, right? And the, and the idea goes back to this concept of let's not waste a ton of time. Let's be efficient and learn faster. Again, speed being really critical in business. And hopefully everyone on this call has read The Lean Startup. The Lean Startup is a fantastic book that has lots of great examples of how to test your business ideas. Different MVPs you can try, different approaches to, to, to building an MVP. Mm-hmm. Lots of good validated learning, I think is the term they use in that. That's right, validated learning. And you're constantly wanting to in, either invalidate or validate something as mm-hmm. quickly as you can. Now, Gary Vaynerchuk is someone that I respect quite a bit. Many of you have probably never heard of him, but he helped his father's business, a little liquor store in New Jersey, uh, America, go from $3 million a year in revenue to $60 million a year. Then he started VaynerMedia with his brother, and now it's up to eight hundred. Um, employees in just five years and you know over 100 million in revenue each year um this guy is a absolute business guru i think of him as the most modern agile person i know Hmm. i've had the fortune to meet him a few times he talks about micro speed that is throughout his day he's very fast and ultimately he's looking at macro patience you have to be patient too you don't want to be, uh, you know, hyperactive in terms of like everything you're doing. You can have those long-term goals. You can have the thing you're going for, and it requires patience to do anything meaningful. But you can be running at a, you can be working at a pace that's that's high speed and hopefully not hasty. Yeah. So Gary says, you know, that speed is much bigger aspect of business than most people realize. And in his shop, he really believes that it's about doing stuff quickly and, you know, not just pondering, thinking, posturing, debating for months and months and months. But we came across one team, they spent eight months deciding whether to use one JavaScript framework over another. Wow. Eight months. Eight months before they made a choice. Don't want to jump into anything, you know. Right. Don't want to make a choice. Don't want to, you know. So, uh Gary will be, he's happy to fail. He's happy to learn, Mm -hmm. but he's not happy to go slow, right? Now, if many of you think about waterfall, a lot of times with waterfall, we were analyzing, designing, and then building and then testing, maybe to find out we were not really building exactly what the customer wanted. Maybe the requirements at that point had gotten stale. Maybe competitors had already done something that invalidated many of the requirements. The learning loop was very, very slow. One of the entire ideas behind Agile was to make the learning loop faster, to learn faster, to fail faster by actually putting things in front of real customers and getting feedback from them quicker, sooner, 
So that goes hand in hand with what Gary is saying here is, you know, get into a doing mode, get into a get shit done mode, yeah. put stuff in front of people and learn rapidly, you know? So I like to look at companies that are starting to embrace speed. Um, there's a new language now called dark. And they basically said, you know what? Software development has gotten so bloody complicated <laughs> There's so many tools to learn and frameworks and modern technologies that don't play well with each other and you got to set up everything yourself. It's just a complete mess. They talk about, they go back to uh, Fred Brooks who wrote The Mythical Man Month. Yeah. And Fred talked about accidental complexity versus essential complexity, right? Certain businesses are, are complex. There's a, there's a complexity to them that's essential. It's part of their business. Uh, you know, like let's say laws in a certain in certain parts of, of your country, right? The laws can be somewhat complicated. It's not great, but it is what it is. And if you have to build some software to navigate those laws, you do. That's essential complexity. Accidental complexity is just all of the cruft and just stuff that's accumulated over the years that gets in the way of being fast. So Dart comes along and says, let's make modern software development far easier. Forget about building your own pipeline, continuous deployment pipeline. We've got it done for you. Forget about Git, the, the version control tool. Forget about all these different aspects that you might have to learn for software development. We're going to create a language that just makes it extremely fast and, and uh, safe for you to to deploy things. Now, it's a new language. It's in beta. You, you probably won't even get, have your hands on it until it comes out of beta. Uh, it's just that they're focusing on a, a whole architecture that enables you to do the kind of continuous deployment that's you know, sub one second, 50 milliseconds to deploy something. Mm -hmm. And that's built into the language. So we're moving a lot of those necessary decision, well, I suppose unnecessary decisions that I guess people kind of, like you were talking about the framework. Oh, what JavaScript framework are you going to talk about it for eight months and then make a decision, but have it all packaged, ready to go. That's right. So simplify as much as possible to, uh, to get it down to the essence of what you need to do and, and enable you to move with quick, easy grace. Mm-hmm. This goes way back, though. This is Darklang is modern, whereas rapid application development, for some of the folks that have been around a long time, may have heard of this, right? Rapid application development. Again, that doesn't mean, you know, low quality. So it was high speed, high quality, and low cost. I remember learning about, it was called RAD at the time. It's early 90s, early 1990s. And I remember reading about it and being really impressed because what they said was, there's a time and a place to approach things from a perspective of RAD. One thing that really compelled me was uh, they said, you know, Microsoft has spent tens of millions of dollars to develop Excel and Word and PowerPoint. And sometimes, not always, but sometimes you could develop on top of that technology and leverage all the millions of dollars of investment and build your solution on top. And you could do it very rapidly. And we did some things like this. 
where, you know, complex calculations. When I worked on Wall Street and we we're doing very complicated things, there were times when we would just build right on top of Excel and leverage all the power inside of Excel. And that was rapid application development. Mm -hmm. So, again, you're, we've always been focused on speed. Now, if that didn't scale well or if it didn't, you know, work well over time because there were maintenance issues and yeah. things crashing, obviously that would have not been a very high speed approach for the long haul. Mm -hmm. So you have to make decisions, right? I, I remember I used to work with a quant. A quant is a person that comes up with all these complex cal calculations for, you know, in this case, it, in this case it was financial systems and, and doing risk management on, on financial applications mm -hmm. or financial trades. Um, and he would do things like sketch things in Excel, but we weren't going to leave them there. We would program them in, in an actual programming language and get them into a real system, right? We didn't want them just living in Excel. So that was a different story. That's a, you're talking about a risk management system for the entire bank had to be well designed and architected into a software system. It wasn't going to live in Excel. On the other hand, doing some high-speed analysis all the time, perfectly fine to do it in Excel. You have to choose your, your tools wisely. So this is not a new concept about speed, right? Mm -hmm. um, if you look at modern, you know, strategy, right? This is Reed Hoffman's book. Reed Hoffman's the inventor of LinkedIn. Yeah. And he has a new book out called Blitzscaling. And he really focuses on speed, the lightning fast path to building massively valuable companies. Um, it's a, it's a fascinating book. And what he's talking about here is prioritizing speed over efficiency in the face of uncertainty. So especially when we don't know what we need to go do, when we're in a fog, when we have conditions of uncertainty, going fast is very helpful to, for really quickly discovering what we really want to be doing. Now, Josh, I want to ask you a question. I know you mentioned Fred Brooks earlier, and I believe he talks about that there's no silver bullets. Do you feel mm -hmm. at some point, you know, do we, do we focus on some of these things as they're maybe the new silver bullet? Like, like you brought up RAD. I remember RAD, and that was going to be the, you know, the be-all, end-all. Every, everything was going to be. But as you mentioned, some of those things ran into, like, scaling issues or, you know, maintenance issues. You know, you, you look at certain things. So, Talk to us a little bit about as we, you know, maybe we look at new op opportunities that might help us with speed that make sure we're not chasing like a silver bullet or, or something that just might not pan out. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, I, if you think a lot about um, the enemy here, what, what's the enemy? Like at F Federal Express, right? Federal Express, they deliver packages. Their enemy is time. Yeah. Time is their enemy. In our field, our enemy is ignorance. Hmm. And the problem is a lot of people can be suckered into buying stuff. They can be suckered into buying a framework, a silver bullet. And the sales is so beautiful. It's all glossy and it talks about great things and awesome outcomes and it's agile and this and it's that. And they buy it hook, line, and sinker, you know. <laughs> ah, I'm going to go buy it. They've been really reel them in. Yeah. And they start to spread this around their organization. And I was just having this conversation with Pat Reed, who's an executive agile coach. Many times these agile recipe driven, you know, frameworks, they kind of become quicksand in the organization. Quicksand. 
this is the way we're supposed to do it. We have a new agile bureaucracy. And it's, it's not very much consistent with the definition of quick, easy grace. Like one thing I like to look at is how quickly can you change your process? If your process is really static and embedded and you can't change it easily, I doubt it's very agile. Mm -hmm. So we have to be super careful of helping people to distinguish what real agility is from what seems like agility. Yeah. And most people are not educated, educated buyers. They're, they're just not. So most companies have gone through several waves of trying to adopt Agile. Sometimes they lose all taste for it. And I've heard places they're like, please don't mention the word Agile around here. Because um, they've just had too many failures from it. Yeah. Change, change is really hard. It's really hard. Mm -hmm. So what we're saying is, you know, the, the, the nature of change is hard, sure. Can you learn quickly? Speed is important in Agile because you need to learn quickly. Maybe you need to invalidate a framework that may not actually deliver for you. How could you safely invalidate the adoption of a, of a framework, for example? Final thoughts, Josh, to, to close up with? You know, I would say I'd, I'd love to give you a, a little more of a better guidance in terms of how to make a decision between what might be genuine speed or quick and what would be harmful, but it's so contextual. It, it really, truly is. Um, you know, it's, it, it really is based on context. Uh, I, I know, like, in the last several years, I've been cooking a lot more, much more healthy food. What I've discovered is that by cooking, I have leftovers. And the leftovers enable me to eat healthy but fast. Yeah. So like, you know, the night before I'll cook something, then there'll be leftovers. I might eat it for breakfast or I might eat it for lunch. And it is super, super fast. So, you know, it is fast food. It's just that it's healthy fast food. Mm -hmm. I just try to use that as an analogy for you know, what you're ultimately looking at is a healthy outcomes for the future and the, the, the micro speed decisions you're making need to lead up to those healthy outcomes, right? If you're using speed and it's driving you into poor health or poor business results or whatever, that, that's not real speed. It's not real quickness in the sense of quick, easy grace. Mm -hmm. Think about the printer company. The printer company really did do things quickly, but it wasn't quick. It was haste. Yeah. They hastily put these things out in the name of quickness. In the name of business success, they hurt themselves in the long run. So again, this is not easy to get right in an organization because organizations are often hyper-focused on today's success. They don't even look out in the future. So you're, again, you're very much tied into how are people being bonused? How are people being rewarded? And that has to be in harmony with genuine agility. So I'd say anytime you're focusing on a, a larger scale agile transformation, your people operations folks, you know, otherwise known as HR, um, need to be heavily involved and really understand the nature of true agility. 
Yeah, it's something the whole company has to have an understanding, right? That's correct. And it's very easy to misunderstand it. That's why I go back to the dictionary because it's, it's hard to argue with the friggin' dictionary, right? <laughs> it, it, you know, it's very hard to argue there. I wish we could all just agree this is what the word means. Um, it doesn't mean adaptive. Adaptive is a fantastic word, Yeah. right? And the field that we've decided to, to, to create here is called Agile. And adaptive is great. I love to be adaptive. But I, the definition of agile, one of the ones, the second one I like is quick, resourceful, and adaptable. Literally, they use the word adaptable in the definition. Mm -hmm. So you're quick, you're resourceful, and you're adaptable. That's the second definition of it. Uh, my favorite question here, he, he asks, yeah. what approach do you recommend to determine when one should pivot? Sure. Um, so... Part of it is instinct. Instinct. There's no question that some instincts are there. Um, but part of it too is, are you getting to product market fit? You know when you've achieved product market fit, right? Product market fit means more and more people want to use your software or your, your product and you're seeing it, you know, when you're, when you're asking people, so basically there's this question you can ask which is how um, unhappy would you be if you didn't have access to this product or service? And you're trying to get to at least 40% of people say, I would be extremely unhappy if I didn't have access to this solution or product service, whatever it is, right? 40% um, of people saying, I would be extremely unhappy to get there. So if you're not getting to that number and you have to be asking people all the time, it's very different from saying, would you, you know, the net promoter score thing, would you recommend yeah. this to a friend on a scale of one to 10? This is different. This is basically, and I, I'm forgetting the person who invented this, this question at the moment, but um, it's a brilliant way to look at it. Asking how unhappy would you be if you didn't have access? Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a company that is out there now. They're called Superhuman. I don't know if any of you have heard them before. Superhuman makes a very, very fast email system. So for people that handle large volumes of email, they absolutely love it. Better than Google, better than Gmail. It is super, super fast. It has all kinds of quick optimizations, keystrokes and things to do things fast. And it's written fast. So it's extraordinarily quick in terms of microseconds, right? And they had to find a way to get to that product market fit. And they wanted to use a metric. The metric that they chose was, again, that question, how unhappy would you be if you didn't have access to this? And they managed to not only break, they broke through the 40% mark, they got higher and higher and higher. Then now, like, everyone wants to use the product. Hmm. They're doing extremely well. But prior to that, they had to focus in on, you know, before they hit 40%, they did have to, like, you know, make some changes. I wouldn't say it's a full product pivot, but they certainly, you know, changed up what they were going after to, to make the customers just extraordinarily... Uh, happy, you know, the company's called Superhuman. They want to give someone a tool for email that makes them almost superhuman, hmm. right? Um, that goes hand in hand with our modern agile principle, make people awesome.
Yeah. So that may help you in terms of uh, your question. Uh, again, I, I, I can try to forward some links after the call if you want to read some more about that. Sure, and you I can, can follow me. Out. Yeah, or follow me at Joshua Karievsky. I'll, I'll, uh, I can tweet some things and point some stuff out there for, for looking at what are some metrics you might want to use to tell you when to pivot. Very good. Very good. Well, hey, Josh, we really appreciate you sharing all this with us and uh, appreciate your time and everybody joining on. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate uh, everyone coming today. And uh, yeah, let's continue the conversation online. Hopefully you enjoyed the second part of Are You Quick? I want to thank Josh for his time. If you have any questions, please email me at tom at myitcareercoach.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast. On behalf of Joshua Kirievsky, I'm Tom Hendrickson from myitcareercoach.com, where we build great tech careers, and thanks for watching Tech Career Talk.